Hello and welcome to the Impact Podcast from us at Impact Wales. We're Finn and Jane and every week we'll be bringing you lots of discussion, comments and opinion on everything research and education. We'll be talking professional learning, what's happening in the education world and everything in between to help you make a difference in your school. Our podcast guests this week are Jodie Stewart, Deputy Head Teacher at Highland Secondary in Glasgow and Head Teacher Louise Egerton, also from Highland. Hello. Welcome. Thank Hello. you. Good morning. Good morning. We were just saying, weren't we, Finn, that um, we've worked with you for over such a long period of time, but we've never actually met face to face, which is very no. strange. All been virtual. Mm-hmm. It has been virtual. Welcome many time. <laughs> Thank you very much. And I know that it's going to be a little bit difficult during the session today to actually work out who's speaking because when one person's speaking the other person can't because we're doing this all on zoom so you'll have to forgive us during the session we're actually going to say louise or say jody please could you answer and, and we'll do that as well so just to make sure that we don't talk up over each other but we as i say we've been working with you for quite some time could yep. you just before we start um talking about what we've been working with you could you just tell us a little bit about and we're going to start with louise as the head teacher you get precedence uh talk about a little bit about who you are how you came to be in highlands and you know what's been your focus in highlands okay thank you very much so i have actually been in highland since 2008 as a deputy head teacher first of all and then in 2017 I started doing a kind of acting job share as head teacher, which is quite an interesting mm. um, exercise, but really a, a fantastic learning exercise for me. Uh, the substantive head teacher at the time was a way to do some work in the authority. So it was a job share initially, and then she moved on, and then I became head teacher permanently in 2018. So when I tell the first years what date I started in here, they all look completely perplexed because they believe that I've been here that long and neither can I. So my background is I'm a music teacher and I'm still involved with the music department, still uh, involved taking choir on a Friday after school. It's still my passion and pastoral care guidance was also my background as a principal teacher. So I suppose when I started here, one of the main things for me was the provision of pupil support and the meet and learn needs agenda and what that looked like. Um, and then I suppose as I moved through the school, it was about um, looking at the reason attainment agenda and the inclusion agenda of the school um, because our school is very, very diverse. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's not, um, sometimes you know we're, we're perceived in a certain way uh, in Glasgow and it's about getting that message out uh, and making sure that every young person feels included so I suppose that's been uh, my mini journey. Fantastic thank you Louise and Jodie the same question for you so how did you come to be at Highland and what what have you been focusing on? Yep so I arrived in Highland in 2016 um, actually as faculty head of PE drama and dance okay. uh, and then was lucky enough when actually Louise got her job share um, to job share with Louise for the deputy post. (laughs) And then obviously the steps continue because when Louise became substantive head teacher, um, I was lucky enough again to get substantive deputy head teacher. So from a curricular background, my subject is PE. um, And I suppose my passion has always been about getting young people involved and really about closing that kind of attainment gap and, and the equity really behind that and that's always been a passion in my previous school and in Hindland making sure that all young people get get opportunities 
um, and nobody's really kind of left behind just because of their background. And and as Louise said, we are a very diverse school and, and we've got such a mix. And, and it is a shame that we're perceived possibly as is not not that diverse in, in the city where actually we've got the same young people and it's just yeah. about making sure they, they have the same opportunities. And that's really yeah. my passion. And I think it comes across that you both really, really care. And I think, you know, making sure that um, those who are the most disadvantaged in life actually have the same or even better advantages than they could possibly dream of. That is absolutely why so many of us are in teaching. So thank mm. you for that. Um, we've worked with you and I'm just going to give us like a, a little potted history of what we've done so that everybody knows where we're starting from because we want to get into the nitty gritty of what you've done with this because I know that you've done a, a quite a bit with it so we've done over uh, the last two years so we've been working with you since September 2020 which seems such a long time ago now but we've done over two years we've done 10 60 minute sessions so it's been little slots on um, lots of different topics, but mainly focused around the science of learning and curriculum design, how the science of learning changes your planning, what you actually do in class. We've done things, I'm just gonna reel them off. Cognitive load, Dunlosky, desirable difficulties, retrieval practice, multiple choice questions, an introduction to Rosenshine, Orsabel and his what you know determines what you mm -hmm. learn, using curriculum for excellence, documentation, and research to actually design learning intentions, teaching for transfer and curriculum design within curriculum for excellence. So we've done an awful lot. And the question that I wanted to start with was, we did start with the science of learning. So why did you feel it was really important to start with the science of learning? So um, we knew our key focuses for the classroom as we've got a really kind of tight learning teaching strategy and we had that all in place following kind of September 2020 we've got our five key strategies as a school and staff were all on the, on the same page with that 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 stra strategy was actually written by the young people so there was a bit of ownership there and definitely buy-in from from the the staff and the young people to try and improve that however we wanted to take it to that kind of next stage and we wanted to look a little deeper at understanding exactly how young people learn mm -hmm. and how to optimize this I suppose because we've all We've all been class teachers, but we've got those young people that you we kind of like to split it into kind of top 20, middle 60 and bottom 20% in your class. And how do you push that top 20 whilst making sure you're meeting the learners' needs of the bottom 20 and keeping motivation up with your middle 60? And, and that's really, for me, understanding how young people learn and how different young people learn. We wanted then um, for our staff to connect it to the practical kind of implications for teaching building on the work that we've done with uh, Dylan William, Pedagogy and Equity, and our Making Thinking Visible programme that was a Glasgow um, drive at the time. And yeah, we just wanted to, to really delve a little bit deeper. Yeah, and I think that making it practical, that is so important, isn't it? Because w when you were just talking about there, how you think about, you know, the, the tw 220s at the top of the uh, bottom and the 60 in the middle, how complex teaching really <laughs> is, how difficult it is and how supporting teachers to actually manage all those complexities is a real challenge I mean how you manage that I think particularly when we started working with you as well because I think September 2020 if we remember it was the height of you know we were heading we've come out of one lockdown mm. and we were heading to that other period where it was pupils were in for a couple of days and they were back out and isolating so it was that managing yeah. expectations from staff in a remote context as well as yeah. face to face so it does make it very complex yeah, I think there had been 
you know, quite before we had been working with you, there had been a, a kind of very positive culture of kind of professional learning through lots of programmes that Glasgow had offered as part of a kind of tapestry programme. So I think staff enjoy, enjoyed those collaborations and those interactions and they had enjoyed looking at practical strategies and research kind of elements. Mm -hmm. And we felt at that point that our journey was, there was enthusiasm for future development and further encouragement of that. And I think our initial aim when working with you, and I remember that kind of briefing meeting at the very start of, of, of that period, was designed to just kind of, as, as Jodie said, deepen the learning, but support the consistency across mm -hmm. the school and, and, and what that looked like for young people. And I think also, as you said there, we were in the midst of COVID and it was about keeping the momentum of learning despite some of the practical logistics and the interruptions that we were having. So, you know, it was quite a turbulent time. So for us to be able to keep the momentum going, but keep that standard of professional mm -hmm. learning, you know, yeah. an open was actually really important. And I think important for the staff as well, because in a sense, talking about learning teaching was normal, <laughs> if you like, yes. and probably lost a sense of what, what normal was at that point. So I think for us, it was a really, it was quite a natural point to be able to take it. But actually, as it worked out, because it was virtual, it actually worked. And that one of the things I was quite surprised about initially was how the staff were able to engage with yourselves via the chat function and, mm -hmm. and maybe staff, you know, maybe if you were delivering in our, in our theatre, for example, we wouldn't have, you wouldn't have necessarily had that same engagement. So yeah. there was, I was quite that was that was something that pleasantly surprised me from the start was the fact that we were able to then contribute as part of that discussion in the chat everybody could see it and there was a lot more thinking I think than we would have had had it actually been in person. That is a really interesting thing and we've worked very hard at that because I know that we we do quite a lot of remote sessions even with schools in Wales where they want the face-to-face -to, -face to get to know the staff first which obviously we didn't have with yours but um, then they want the remote and it's Getting everybody engaged on a remote session isn't easy, but we've looked into, you know, this type it in the box, but don't press send yet. Wait until everybody sends together. And then you're not influenced by everybody else. And also everybody actually contributes, like you say. What do you think um, staff actually took away from those science of learning sessions? What, what did you see happening in school? I think understanding what deep knowledge is, I think that was massive for staff just to have an understanding of the difference um, and actually how to create it within their classrooms. Um, and that is essential for, for all practitioners. And it's maybe something that we don't give enough time to. And we, we didn't prior to these sessions. I think we're always quite guilty of maybe rushing through courses yeah. to, to meet without spending maybe the appropriate amount of time at the end or the beginning of a block for, for things like recall. Mm -hmm. yeah. So staff to take away... The, just the importance of these re retrieval strategies that, that you kind of introduced mm -hmm. us to initially, they, that's been, it's, oh, it's been majorly beneficial for mm -hmm. our young people. And they've actually commented on it in focus groups. Young people have, have spoke about, and using that language, the retrieval mm -hmm. practice, or I use retrieval, mm -hmm. and staff are starting to use that with them and starting to implement it into lesson starters or plenaries. Or that for me is, is probably the biggest takeaway for staff and that's certainly coming through the staff feedback as well. Mm -hmm. Do you find that's happening right across the school as well with your younger learners as well as your older learners? Yeah, I would say more so with the senior school, um, with SQA and, and the importance of kind of retaining knowledge, mm -hmm. uh, retaining information. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's filtered, mm -hmm. maybe not as consistently in the junior school, but that's something we, we know we're mm -hmm. going to work mm -hmm. on. Mm -hmm. And I think 
just done a kind of audit of, of staff feedback um, of the impact wheels. You know, we've just done that formally, just moving into a new improvement cycle. And I think a lot of what the staff were seeing is it really has given them a chance to truly reflect on their practice um, and improve. And, you know, a lot of them were seeing demonstrated ways in which they could improve their teaching, but the importance of timing delayed revision assessments with regard to the long-term memory. So, you know, they've enjoyed the research aspect of it. They're encouraged then to go do more of that. Mm -hmm. Um, on their own and part of that feedback was about you know giving time to actually really read you know the resources beforehand before the session and then that time allocation mm -hmm. after the session to make sure it's you know kind of fully fully absorbed um and you know i i think it's it's given them an insight in how to revisit things yeah. um because of the nature of the way it was delivered, you're almost kind of modelling actually how you would maybe expect them to then be looking in the classroom at their classroom practice. So, and it, it's encouraged that professional dialogue. We do try and practice what we preach that, you know, what we do yeah. in the sessions is what good teaching and learning should be. But I think, you know, we're talking about giving them the time to read things before and then think about it after as well. That's where us working with you as a school we can sit down together and say what would work for you because going back to the fact that it was as you say a very turbulent time and they needed that kind of consistency and normality is you knew your staff best and what would work for them in the context in which they were operating so designing something together that would work I think obviously uh, judging by what people are saying about it afterwards it has really made a difference and that's all credit to you for helping us mm -hmm. to work together with you to design something that actually really worked the other thing that we wanted to, to talk about was uh, very briefly, we did do um, some curriculum design um, mm -hmm. sessions towards the end. Can you just tell us a little bit about what's, what you saw happening in those curriculum design sessions, what you thought were the important elements of it in terms of development for staff? I think just the understanding of what curriculum design actually means was really important. Mm -hmm. And I say that honestly for myself as well, to, to be honest. I think we've all been guilty maybe at one time or another of thinking curriculum design sits with the head teacher or the senior leadership team um, or even authority level um, or it's to do with the timetable or there's lots of misconceptions out there. So I think um, the staff actually having a true understanding that it's the responsibility of all um, curriculum design and that all courses are designed in a way um, that's going to optimise learning for young people. And that's including simple things like I think you talked about building in retrieval practices at certain points really carefully throughout the course. Or, for example, I'm just thinking from my own practice, we rush through maybe units to make sure that we've got enough time at the end to then revisit them all. Actually, we should be dropping that in throughout our units and being really clever with how we design that and, and thinking about that backwards design that you spoke to us about and that that really kind of... Um, sat with me and what do we actually want young people at the end of this to, to actually walk away having learned um, and how do we embed that into their long-term memory so working backwards from the four capacities from curriculum for excellence and and not losing sight of our experiences and outcomes within the BGE which I think sometimes we can do and it's just about focus again and, and all staff having that responsibility to, to look at their their work. Because it is always a balance between what they need to, the standard to, uh, to which they need to perform, but also the learning that needs to happen in order for that performance to happen. Yep. And they aren't the same thing. Learning and performance aren't the same. But it's it's having an eye on both and managing those competing uh, yep. expectations. It was also identifying that difference between coverage of a curriculum 
yeah so learning of a curriculum isn't it and having that discussion around you know making sure that there are some things that we've really got deep learning so that yeah. we've got lots of retrieval around that of the key things the key concepts that our students need to know but there's also you know other things that they need to know which maybe might not have have as much importance curriculum hinterland yes yeah yeah, I'm just looking at some of the feedback from the staff around the curriculum design and they talked about the section on deliberative interrogation was particularly valuable, noted by colleagues as it's highlighted the importance of keeping the record of learner misconceptions and then planning wherein the I curriculum has potential misconceptions before they become a bigger, you know, yeah. bad. Well, this is, is, is nipping yeah. things in the bud, isn't it? And yeah. elaborative interrogation for anybody who doesn't know is basically asking how and why questions to get at that kind of deep understanding isn't it i think it's been really relevant because as an authority again we've been looking at curriculum design mm -hmm. and lots of the principal teachers have been attending kind of various webinars and thinking around that so it's it's, it's on it's, it's a feature as our, our school improvement priority to be looking at it so i think for all staff to be aware of that not as you say just the kind of broad headline mm -hmm. messages but actually within your classroom context how you're actually designing um, your curriculum has, has been really really valuable yeah oh that's fantastic I, I think that's really important for us here in wales as well because we you know we've got curriculum for wales which was you know implemented from 20, september 2022 and to see the journey that schools yeah. in scotland are going through and you're revisiting curriculum design i think is a really key message for here in wales that you know we've got to get it right here as well the, the last question that we wanted to ask which is kind of the most important question for for you is that where are you going next? What are your next steps into in terms of professional learning for staff at Highland? So we we plan on taking everything we've we've learned, the practical strategies from Impact Wales, and actually going right back and because we did the pedagogy and equity program, we did our making thinking visible program, the Impact Wales program, then really complemented what we had looked at through those two courses, and now it's about utilizing all of all of those practical strategies um, and actually we are going to focus on lesson study right. and we are going to um, protect time for our staff um, to come together cross-curricular in small teams um, three maximum four staff and really think about um, their planning of lessons and curriculum design and, and, and that sounds fascinating absolutely fascinating yeah. so young people as well so young people are going to be part of those planning groups um to help plan lessons um and really think about the young people feedback of when do I actually truly learn and when when am I able to keep that in my long-term memory um and it's really just about us valuing the process and learning teaching being our main priority as it always should be anyway but really showing staff that we want to protect the time for that in a trusted environment um and, and we're going to do that frequently throughout the year and then the plan would be that we hope staff feel comfortable enough to share their practice and they'll get in and out of each other's classrooms to observe each other and um, young people will be involved in the evaluative kind of feedback um, and we're quite excited mm -hmm. to get yeah. started. That sounds very exciting and I think we might even have to come back to you and have a chat about that. When she does it's it's that, that one thread in teaching isn't it though that there's never the time given to embed yeah. and develop and just to give staff you know that freedom yeah. to be able to do that and I think that's the, the most appropriate way to give staff the space be able to do that and I think that's that's really what you know majority yep. schools need to be thinking about and for staff to direct yeah 
the way they take that as well yeah. is, is really important. And I think staff staff are inspired almost in a sense to seek out that knowledge to, and how they connect their ideas of what they've learned from the impact wheels, from the programmes, their own research into their own subject context. And I think, you know, what they what they have said about feedback from yourselves is that it is integral, it's really reliable what they've done. So so they're almost kind of um you know, ready. They've got the, they've got the kind of ingredients, if you like, to be able mm -hmm. then to go on to work in those trios with those kind of principles and fundamentals. Um, you know, sitting there and all the learning that's happened over the last few years. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's an exciting prospect for them to work across their subject areas as well, because and most they, they are they, empowered, aren't they? Yeah, mm -hmm. and I just love the quote, and I've, I wrote it down because I wanted it. I think it kind of reflected from from a session I was on last night. And it was psychological safety is the key to self development, and we need to create a culture of effective collaboration. And the way to do that is to create trust and protect time. Mm. Allow yeah. true. So. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's, it has been an absolute pleasure mm. working with you and your staff. They've been so engaged, and it's been really. It it does seem very strange that even though we haven't met you in person, that we've had. Such we feel a, like we know you. Yeah. We do yeah. feel like you know, Jodie Louise. Thank you so much for being on our podcast, the Impact Podcast, and talking to us about it. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and we wish you absolutely the very best with your future development on professional learning. Thank, thank, thank you, you very much. much. Thank you. Thank you for all your support. And we'll see you again next time. Take care. Yep. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure you don't miss future episodes. You can find us online at www.impact.wales. You can also follow us on social media on Twitter at Impact Wales, on Facebook and Instagram, search for Impact Wales and on LinkedIn, search for Impact School Improvement.